0: I'm currently battling with my need for perfection. To be perfect and for everything to be perfect. Where do you think that comes from? Hmm. I think it comes from a couple of different places. I think maybe it comes from um childhood and just things <clears throat> that were said to me um how my i guess how my mistakes were handled i guess that's the best way to to say that um so if you know if you grow up in an environment where you are made to feel like you can't make a mistake or well, not so much that you can't make a mistake but It's the end of the world. Yeah, you are your mistake. (laughs) Right, exactly. Not you made a
1: mistake, but you are your mistake. Yeah,
0: then it, you know, so then it kind of cripples you in how to handle, Mm -hmm. how you handle mistakes, right? But then in addition to that, I think I just formed a rebellion um, as a result of that. So then it was, well, I'm going to make mistakes on purpose. Mm-hmm. Or I'm gonna sort to be, of like or, taking control. Of yeah. So right. So I'm gonna be reckless, um, and then it kind of disarmed. It was disarming because if I didn't try, then, and I made a mistake, then I could just blame it on that. Right. Right. There was always that a, that as a, a backup. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't obviously I wasn't trying. I wasn't to do trying. It right. right. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I didn't pass that test, but I didn't even study for it. And so then it just developed a sort of a laziness in me. Um, and my friend, I had a friend that just did like a little video that she released, and she was talking about that same thing, and I, I could relate because yeah, um, because then if I didn't try, then when I made a mistake, it, although it still was the end of the world, it didn't, it wasn't me, I wasn't the mistake, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then as I got older, now it's. I see that how much harm living my life did, you know, living my life that way did to sort of opportunities that I had. Right. And now I feel like it's my way of it's my penance. (laughs) Now I'm trapped in needing everything to be perfect and for me to be perfect. Right. But then it's also I don't want to be perceived as a mistake because that was the way I was made to feel be you know that's the way I I don't want to say I was made to feel that's the way that I felt it was as a result of how mistakes were handled um and so yeah so now everything needs to be perfect and I really try hard to make it perfect so then when it's not perfect then I've tried and so that makes me feel like the mistake is me and I think I was sharing this with you the other day and it's Interwoven into the fabric of my life in so many different ways. Like it's so deeply rooted in me that even when no one is looking, I'm still holding myself to that standard of perfection. So like with the Bible app, perceived right, perceived right, perfection, exactly, actually perceived perfection. right. Um, but it's perfection in my mind. <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's my standard of perfection, which is of course completely flawed. Um, but I was the other day when we were texting the Bible app, um on the Bible app, the U Version Bible app. And I have reading plans. You know, it's I I'm I'm on there a lot. And they have this new thing called streaks. So they you know, you have your weeks and then you, you have your daily streaks. And the other day the little reminder said, um, don't don't break your streak. <laughs> and so I literally just clicked on the reminder, went to the daily verse that popped up, looked at it, and then turned it off. Just so that it would register that I'd gone on there so I could keep my streak. Now nobody sees that but me, right? Why did I feel like I needed to do that? But then I I paused right then and then I sent you a text saying, like, this thing is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like this is so ridiculous that I just can't, I I can never let myself off the hook. And it's a tremendous burden. It's stress. It's anxiety. It's all of that. And it's like a horrible way to live because I can never, I'm just never allowed, I never allow myself to be off. Yeah.
1: And it's not just, I mean, it's in how we raise kids, but it goes so much further than that. It's how we church people, Mm -hmm. thinking that we can beat them into Perfection, and we reward um, behaviors um and we chastise people when their behaviors are out of line
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so we're overly concerned with outward perfection, yeah and it goes even into how we socialize. I mean, now down to filters and all of those things we have. Like, people will come in my office and say, like, I want you to make me look like a filter. And I'm like, or I had somebody send me a message. What, what products were used on my face? I want my face to be, my skin to be flawless. I'm like, why is that? Why is that even a goal to be flaw? No one is flawless. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect. But now that's the expectation. Is the expectation for me at work. Like, I can't be off. Yeah. um and it, it's just the expectation we have for our relationships and that is the standard now it's absolute perfection and people are crippled under the weight of trying to live up to these ridiculous standards but you're right it permeates everything because if my office manager tells me like we got a bad review
0: mm-hmm.
1: then it you know she got to where i told her i was like don't don't tell me about reviews. Uh, Thank God we don't get a lot of them, but I it will sit with me even if the person is, you know, not always being completely honest when Mm -hmm. they write. It doesn't matter. It sits with me for sometimes weeks. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot to get that off because I have that standard for myself. I'm right. extremely hard on myself, but that's our society now is obsessed with perfection mm-hmm. and we expect that from ourselves. Mm-hmm. We expect that from other people and it's too much. God never God never expected that. He never expected us to be perfect.
0: Right?
1: Never. That's why he developed an altar on which we were to sacrifice yeah. <laughs> because he understands that once sin entered this world, it's a fallen world. Like you didn't come into this
0: Mm -hmm. perfect.
1: Right, right. So like we're, you know, we're shooting for a goal that we're never going to reach. And I don't mean to say that, you know, we shouldn't aim to walk in the spirit and pray without ceasing Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: allow God to transform us into the image of Christ. Yeah. But he said that he is the one who is going to complete the work. He's right. the one that's he's the author and perfector, Ravi. Not us.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but we can't let other people off the hook if we don't let ourselves off the hook.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that goes to the scripture. Judge not lest you be judged. Mm-hmm. And so God has him standard. Um, yeah. That standard will be used on you. And what God revealed to me a long time ago is that it's not really him, you know, implementing that. It's how you judge yourself, like you will judge yourself under that same standard, mm-hmm. and that is so true like i I struggle with showing grace and mercy to other people because I don't show it to myself mm-hmm. and then that's also a reflection of how I view God mm-hmm. you know, um, and if I could see him as a more gracious and merciful God and then allow that grace and mercy to flow, I could receive it from him, um, because it's not that he's not offering it, I just am incapable of receiving it with that mindset, and then I could then pass it on to other people, and it's, you know, it's a struggle for me, because as my kids get older, and we have deeper conversations, I I see all of the ways that I have not shown that grace and mercy, and it breaks me, like I was just telling Wesley the other day, I was like, man, I just don't want to break you, like... (laughs) I was like, I just don't want to damage you. I was like, it's the thing that keeps me up at night is mm-hmm. not wanting to damage my children. Like it literally, I told him, I was like, dude, it, I, if anything keeps me up at night, it's that not, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be safe? I know you will. I've, you know, I've, your life is in God's hands, but I don't want to break you. And so I see, I hear myself with them and I'm like, oh gosh, I just don't want you to carry the same weight that I carried. And so I'm constantly trying to apologize and make up for the times when I'm, you know, when I'm short with them or when I'm impatient and when I haven't shown grace and I haven't shown mercy. Um, but the way to fix it isn't to do that. It's to, just to give it to myself <laughs> mm-hmm. and to let myself off. And I literally have to have a conversation with myself when I make a mistake that it's okay. It's not the end of the world. You'll rebound from this. No one expects you to be perfect. You need not expect yourself to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's, it's a conversation. I mean, I, I have to have that conversation with myself yeah. when I lose something, <laughs> when I forget to do something, um, you know, it's becoming... I mean, I'm not as hard on myself as I used to be. Um, but it's still... If I if I don't catch the thoughts, they go out of control, mm-hmm. you know? So. And it's just
1: a cycle because you can't receive the grace from God. You hold yourself to a ridiculous standard, so you hold other people to the standard. And then you have to hold yourself to the standard because you're holding other people to Exactly. It. Exactly. <laughs> now, I can't be late. Right. Because the
0: last time somebody was late, exactly. I yielded it. Down. Exactly. And I
1: used to do that, you know, I remember like one Sunday just waking up and just being like I really don't feel like going to church and just feeling so guilty about so guilty about it like oh my god no I have to go to church I have to go to church I'm not sick there's no reason why I'm not going to church and then I remember one of my good friends who I found to be quote-unquote super religious as well um, and we went to church t- together and she told me, she was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to do such and such. I'm not, I'm not going to go to church. And I was just kind of like, what? Like, I, and then I, I'm like, I mean, is she less of a Christian? <laughs> she decided <laughs> once and like, no, no, Wait. it just dawned on me. I'm like, okay, I, because, but at the same time, it's because of going back to your streak is what I have to be like. No, I always Go to church on
0: Sundays. Yeah.
1: Like, even in college, you know, it was something as if it was something to brag about. You know, I could be out till four in the morning. I don't care what I was doing. I was always in church on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, why are you bragging about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Being out doing God knows what till four o'clock in the morning, you're going to roll into the Lord's house, exactly. but that's something that you're bragging about. But it's that I always went to yes, church. It's you the know? thing you
0: have to be careful about the things that you pride yourself on, yeah. right? They just become. You know, we see them as monuments, but really they become these mountains that you have to, you know, in the Absolutely. way of so many other things. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, and that's that's what it is, because I yeah, there are a lot of things that I do simply because I've held other people to the standard. Yes. And now I, it's a prison that I've built around or myself. <laughs> and it was, you know, and, and even with church, you know, because I remember how harshly I judged other people when they when they would just sleep in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just remember like how I thought about them. And I, and the other thing is like how I'm perceived. I'm super protective over my reputation and my, and right. And my image. And so I don't want other people to think the way that I think. Mm -hmm. And the most, and, and what's so funny is most people don't think the way that I think. No, Not at all. (laughs) You know, most people are like, Oh, good for you. I'm glad you got some rest. (laughs) Right. And I'll be like, Oh, but I, you know, this, I, I think I taught on this um, years and years ago when I first bought like my first adult car, that's, you know, what I'll call it. Um, but I remember not wanting to get it, even though God was really pushing me to get it. Like I want, you know, this is how I'm going to bless you. But I was like, no, because I had a, I had in my mind how much money I needed to have saved, you know, sort of all of these criteria Mm -hmm. for when I could go buy a car And what he revealed to me was, and this is where he, you know, revealed the meaning of that scripture or how it was relevant in my life. He was like, it's because you know that you would judge people if they didn't have this and they didn't have that in line. And, you know, and so you would say, that's stupid for you to buy a car. He was like, but what if I was leading them to do it? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and really it was he wanted me to bless the car, the car that I had. He wanted me to bless someone else with that car, you Mm -hmm. know, but I just these criteria I had to meet before I could move and get my blessing and be a blessing to somebody else. And he's like, it's all based on how you view other people, you know, and he's like, so now I'm really asking you in many ways to step out on faith or I allow certain situations to come so that you will stumble so that you can free yourself it's like you know it's freedom he's like i'm giving you a way out of this prison that you have built yourself in (laughs) right you know he's like so you go get this car now you can stop judging people in their financial situations you know and then you you can be free to move as i or i'm giving you a different perspective because here's the thing you can have wisdom right like god gives us
1: wisdom Mm -hmm. in making these decisions and like i say he does want us to strive Mm -hmm. to be Christ-like. So there's nothing wrong with having standards uh, and all of that. But he's giving you a different perspective because we only see and view and judge from our Mm -hmm. limited vision based on how we were raised and the experiences we have. Mm -hmm. So you hadn't even considered looking at somebody else's situation and saying, Oh, well, maybe God is blessing them to do such and such because you didn't even have that perspective. It's just, oh, this person wants to go out and spend a whole bunch of money so they could drive around to something fancy. But Mm -hmm. God opens your eyes and says, listen, it's not always. This is why you can't just go around judging people Mm because you have no idea what I'm doing, yep. what I've spoken to them, or I'm moving this piece, it's, it's chess. I'm yeah. moving this piece because yeah. I need this and this to fall into place. Yep. So I feel like he does that to give us a different perspective. So from that point on, when you're looking at someone, now some people you can look at it and say, no, you're not using
0: wisdom. <laughs> right.
1: But other people, you can say, oh, well, maybe God is maybe using this situation, is yeah. doing
0: this or that. And you raise a really good point because it is truly all about perspective because yeah. um, when I, so is that. I was on a work trip in Denver one time and um, not too long ago, and I was talking to this guy in the lobby and he was telling me about, I can't remember how we got to talking to, about kids, but he was talking about uh, this time when his daughter was young and he had asked her to go and clean her room. And so she went in the room, I mean, so she went in, she cleaned it. And so he says, you know, is the room ready? Or are you ready for me to check it? And she said, "Yes." Yeah. So he said he went into the room and it was still a mess. It was like, it was stuff everywhere. And so then she was like, he was like, you didn't clean this room. Like, it's not clean. And so then she said, then he says that she grabs his tie, pulls him down to her um, height. And she says, does it look clean now? (laughs) And he said he looked around and it did. (laughs) That is so cute. And he said... You know, and so when he said that, I was just like blown away. Yeah, that's that's, that's awesome. And so what you were just saying is sometimes when we stumble, it kind of brings us down a couple pegs. Mm -hmm. And we get to see things from a different Mm -hmm. level. It's like literally God pulling our tie down Mm -hmm. and saying now look. Mm -hmm. And that is so true because you know, I've had plenty of mess ups and mistakes and just you know, missteps and sin in my life. And whenever that happens, I am able to see other people's, you know, perspectives. And now each time that happens, I have a different, you know, dose of grace to, to, you know, to dish out. Um, And I'm always saying, Oh, I get it. I understand, you know, and those, you know, but I mean, he's, he's got to knock me down some more pegs because I'm still, you know, I'm still, I've built myself up in some areas, but yeah, it's literally him bringing me down and showing me a different perspective. Um, but,
1: yeah, that story was For, so yeah. good. From which you can minister. <laughs> yes. Minister from, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, but, yeah, that is that is a really, really it good one. It really way. is. I, um, but, yeah, so I still struggle a lot with um, just letting myself off the hook. Um, and just the you know just the ridiculous stuff that i that i do um i think about it at work <laughs> you know it just is it i'm not free all the time because i'm always second guessing or always having to you know rewrite something you know and it's just it's just so time consuming and really it's mentally exhausting Mm. you know and then it just it's like a trap because and it's like a cycle and it's a trickle down effect too because then I get mentally exhausted from all of the ways that I have to maintain you know the perception of perfection um and my you know you know have a certain image and you know I've got it all going on and I've got everything covered you know, I'm I'm always on you know, and people it's so funny because people have said that to me. Like, wow like you're always on. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like but not it, meaning it in a negative yeah. way, but they're Noise like draining, yeah. Yeah, they're like, But you always it's so funny to hear you, you know, when I'm transparent and yeah. I say like I'm disorganized or on this and they're like, We just you know, we when you when we see you, you are just always so put together. Always That's what they say. You're put put always together. put together. Yeah. And I'm gonna be like that, you know how much work it is <laughs> to look like you're all put together, I'm like it it's so much, racism. and I'm like the thing about it is that, but on the inside that's how you know it's a perception because well, it's it's an image because on the inside, I'm a mess, and so but that's wh- everybody, but, yeah, but why don't I why don't they see that, and it's because i it's a carefully guarded image, absolutely, but every single person out there that you think has it together, oh yeah, is I know a, mess a
1: mess on the inside, yeah. and people say that to me too, like. You know, sometimes my friends have to say, because when you put that image up there and you don't uh, show that the side of you that, you know, is, is a mess, what it does sometimes is it cuts off your uh, your sources of help because mm-hmm. people just assume you have it all together. Yep. Yep. And so sometimes, like, I've had friends, if I just, like, mention something small and passing, like, yeah, you know, I was kind of struggling with that. And they're like, oh, you know what? I got to remember to, you know, ask you how you're doing because it just seems like, you just got it all together. Yep. And so you really, really do cut off, um, so, you know, some of those, those people that can help you that could be a listening ear because they just assume that you have it together. And the other thing, like you were saying, it was exhausting. So when I was in residency, we had interview days where uh, we had two days out of the year where we choose the residents, the incoming residents, and notoriously these were the most and this is residency. Mm-hmm. But these were two of the most stressful days. And one of the reasons why and I remember the first one I did, I went home and I just fell asleep at like six o'clock and I don't even think I woke up to the next morning. But it's because we have these people coming to interview and the residents kind of show them around and it's, you know, 40 of them a day and they're three residents and we're showing them around and doing all this stuff for them and you have to be on the entire time. Because mm-hmm. you're interviewing them, but they're interviewing you. And yeah. you want the best of the best. And so you have to be on for two days straight. And it is so draining. Mm-hmm. It's just so draining to keep up this air. And I'm not the type of person that would lie to them. But you do have to just kick it up a notch. yeah. And oh my God. It's the most draining thing ever. So living your life like that. yeah,
0: yeah, whew, Too much energy. But you know what's so interesting because... You know, just thinking, sitting here thinking about like, where do you learn that? When do you learn it? And I honestly, I feel like the teen years mm-hmm. teach you, teach you that it's required to do mm-hmm. that. Like to have a teen who is truly secure in who they are such that they really don't care is so hard to find because I feel like for me in middle school, well, when junior high school as we called it, middle school, and then high school if you were who you you know who you really wanted to be you would somebody would be joining on you or talking about you or making fun of you you know what I mean you there was so much pressure to be like everybody else to conform exactly to like certain things and to be down with certain things and so it teaches you how to put up an image right and how to suppress your own voice and your own thoughts And every now and then you would have somebody who was, you know, they were, they would be considered like an alternative kid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it was dressed differently, but as long as they had the right swag, then they Mm -hmm. could get away with it. Right. Right. Um, But then, and then you had the nerds Mm -hmm. or you had the people that nobody wanted to hang around because they were themselves, but they didn't have any swag for that. Right. Right, We were right. Right. (laughs) And so then, then you you learn to do that. And then in the twenties, you're still keeping it up. And I feel like by the thirties, it's becoming more of a struggle to yes. to keep it up mm-hmm. but in 20s you're still doing it and then 30s yeah then it's like uh, you're the who you really are is like trying to burst out and it's like this whole fighting thing and then um it's like a war and then by the time you get to 40 then you're like starting to peel off the layers of of it And I feel like that's where I am, like just kind of just take peeling the layers of the onion away Mm -hmm. so that I can once again find my voice and not feel the pressure of, you know, of being everything for everybody at all times. Right. And being perfect, because that's part of perfection, which is, you know, being everything for everybody Mm -hmm. at all times. Right. Um, And so even down to equipping people so that they are not dependent upon me. Because then that does feed into that, oh, she's got it all together, mm-hmm. you know? Because there are always times when people will text me and say, what's such and such and such and such? And instead of me just saying, I don't know, mm-hmm. I would go and do the research and then yeah. provide them with an answer. Exactly. Like, why do I feel...
1: Why am I taking my time? Because they came to
0: you (laughs) expecting
1: you to know. So then you got to meet that (laughs) expectation. Exactly. Because
0: if you didn't know and they thought you knew, what does that say? Right. And I remember having this conversation with our God sister one time. And she was like, you always know the answer to everything. And I was like, that's not true. And she was like, yes, it is. And I was like, no, seriously, it's not. And she was like, "Uh uh-huh, whatever. (laughs) And I'm like, no. Because some of the time, you you know, sometimes when you call me or you text me, I go and do the research for you. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. me knowing, but it's more about, and then she's thinking, well, at least you knew where to go. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So (laughs) I've got to stop all of that because you're so right. I feel so alone, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't have people to just depend on, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. of course I have you. But yeah, I feel like yeah, I'm the friend that everybody calls. Everybody wants to just talk to. Everybody wants to, you know, you know, unload on. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then, but I'm like, nobody's ever calling it. I mean, I have very few friends that just text to say, "Hey, Uh, do you need to talk?" Right. You know, I know you're probably going through stuff. You know, I have very few friends that do that. Yeah. Um. I mean, even they'll maybe somebody checks me and say hi, but in terms of like, let me pray for you. Let me, you know. And that's, you know, and then it just makes me resentful. Yeah. But it's the but it's prison it's, of mind. Exactly. <laughs> I did. exactly. I exactly. created this thing, you know.
1: Um, and I teach people well, how to Well, you built me. up your image of who you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, at some point, it gets exhausting holding up that image. And then you look around and you're trying to figure out why people are holding you to that image. Well, that's the image <laughs> that that you built. And it is... It's really centered around pride Mm -hmm. if we start looking at it. Yep. Um, And it really comes from a place of having felt uh, that you lack something. Mm -hmm. There is a perceived lack of something. Yeah. And so now, to the degree that you can... um, you you know your subconscious is saying i don't ever want to feel like that again yeah.
0: i don't ever want to be perceived yes like that mm-hmm. again yep. so that i'm not enough right yeah. so yeah absolutely and it's it's so important to go back and to trace down to the root of whatever that feeling is or it's really a stronghold you know just a lie that you've told yourself that I have to do this yeah. so that I won't, you know, you and won't feel that truth. way. And so that you can be loved. Like yes.
1: people won't love you. Mm-hmm. people won't won't, It won't accept you. And unless you play your role mm-hmm. and my role in the world, we live in is, you know, the person who's there for everybody. Like mm-hmm. that's my role. That's mm-hmm. what people expect from me. And if I'm not that are they going to love me? Are they going to accept me? Am I going to be important to them? Yeah. Um. And then, to some degree, you know, am I going to be accepted by God, you know, mm-hmm. if if I don't do these things and live up to this, this standard? Yeah. But, again, going back to what you say, it leaves absolutely no room for grace.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had no room in my life for grace. I was very fire and brimstone.
1: Girl, you know, every time we would take one of those... <laughs> Spiritual gifts quiz. Uh-huh. Mercy would be the last thing on <laughs> my list. Me too. I just, too. it's so bad. It's so harsh. But I think mine really stemmed from a place of, I just kind of grew up with this um, mentality of like, just get over it. Mm-hmm. And so then that's just how I was with people. Yeah. I have, I'm like, just get over it. Like, yeah. okay, pick up your mm-hmm. your bootstraps pull mm-hmm. yourself up yeah. and let's go yeah. um but and when I think about perfectionism in my life I think a lot of it has to do with uh, I'm a little re- resentful because I feel like we put on a lot of airs mm-hmm. when I was young mm-hmm. um and and like you know, like the house wasn't clean. But mm-hmm. if people were coming over, you know, oh let's hurry up and and clean mm-hmm. up. I'm like, why? Because that's not how we live. <laughs> right? You know, like yep. let the people see how we live. <laughs> like right, you're, right. you know, you're shoving stuff in closets. Somebody make a nobody can make a surprise visit or whatever, you know, because things are all out of order. But I'm like, it was a representation of the entire, uh, you know. Family life. Like, it was out of order. But on the outside, looking in, you know, it had to be perceived like we were just perfect little family. And that what that doesn't allow for is the real work to be done and for you to establish healthy patterns and habits. So, if we only clean when we know people are coming over, like... We're not developing a habit of clean cleanliness. Yeah,
0: that's not a discipline. Right, Mm -hmm. it's
1: not. And, you know, and so we're really not getting to the root of the issue of why the house isn't clean. But as long as it looks perfect Mm -hmm. on the outside, then that's all that matters. No, no, that's not what matters. What matters is we figure out why we can't clean this house. And that is (laughs) spiritually, but then that's also physically. It's a metaphor, you know? It's a metaphor for what's going on inside of us. And so if we just spend so much time perfecting behaviors and giving the appearance of perfection, then we never have to actually go in and do the work, the hard work.
0: Yeah. I was just saying the same thing to to a friend the other day that, you know, the church is so focused on behavior modification Mm -hmm. and not a renovation of the heart um where all of this stuff stems and people do they live one way when they have their church self and they come in on Sundays and you know and they speak the right things but nobody's doing the deep dive the deep digging to get to um the heart of the matter you know and 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 all the, the places that we need healing and we need um really God's grace and mercy in those areas. You know what Absolutely. I mean? To be poured out in those areas.
1: And it's contrary to the gospel. It's yeah. contrary. And that's why we have to get rid of perfectionism in the church. You know, my old pastor, Mike, would always say, you know, our church is a church where you belong before you behave. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, we accept you. You come and you meet Jesus. And then that is what causes you to begin to change your behaviors. Mm-hmm. But it's contrary to the gospel because when, God sent Samuel to Jesse's house and they're over there picking out the older brothers. And he's like, no, you know, he looks great on the outside. He's the right height. He's the right Mm -hmm, build. mm -hmm. But inside he's all messed up. God has rejected him. It's like man is focused on the outward, but it's God that is more concerned with the inward. And so if we would... If we spend so much time in church, but also in our lives, trying to change people's behavior
0: mm-hmm.
1: without or even before we actually are transforming the heart. Yeah. Then we are doing them a disservice. And yeah. we get to that point where they're saying, Lord, Lord. And yep. he's saying, I, I, never, I knew. never knew you. I
0: never knew. Right.
1: You. He's like, no, I, you know, I'm because I'm looking past all of that. He is looking. At the inward, you know, and, um, so that, that, that monument or that stronghold of perfection, it needs to be torn down so that we can do what God is actually calling us to do. And that is to create, uh, for him to create in us a clean heart.
0: And that is so true. I, um, you know, I was even thinking about how, I think you said something about people wanting to be flawless and we, you know, and we're like, nobody's perfect, you know, um, And we see perfection as this um, universal standard, like one standard for everybody, right? But that's, honestly, that's not even... It's not. (laughs) You know, it's what is right for you. Exactly. You know what I mean? And if we could even just reframe our mindset as it relates to that, Mm -hmm. you know, like being the best you you can be. Mm -hmm. Like how, the way that I look, and I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about like things that I've eaten and have caused my body to, you know, to grow in certain ways or, you know, have a breakout and that sort of thing. But like sort of how God created me is perfection. Yes. You know, um, and to see that. And we talked a bit about comparison before and mm-hmm. in, in other ep- other other episodes of um, of the liberated word. But it is it's that comparison that gets us all messed up and, and it changes our what we how we perceive our personal perfection. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And God is like, I created a plan for you. Right. I created you the way that I intended you to be and you're perfect for that plan. Right. You know, and anytime you are trying to use somebody else's, you know, idea idea or ideal is, you know, is where you sort of get off of that perfect plan for you. Right. You know? Um, and so I struggle even with that just making sure that I'm not comparing where I am and what I'm doing and who I am to other people. Um, because society, they do, they say, what's perfect. They've judged what Mm -hmm. perfection looks like. Right. Um, what a woman should look like what a man should look like where you should be you know what job you should have you know we attach certain salaries or certain jobs because that this is the perfect job we have you know the locale is a perfect locale sort of all of those things right right or how how old you should be when you get married like oh you're this age
1: so you should have completed x or y or z and
0: exactly and it's just so off from that um, but getting in something else that you said made me think of this clip of actually Beyonce <laughs> I was listening to um today and she was talking about how we're well how we've been brainwashed even with music she was like you know no one's really making music bodies of art anymore you know um, they're really just so focused on the visual and she was mm-hmm. like you know and it's it's a shame. She said, you know, when Nina Simone was making music and she had this beautiful um body of music, people were focused on her voice, yeah, and what she was saying and the message behind it. They weren't looking at her. They weren't caught up in what she looks like, what she's wearing, what her family's doing, what her kids have on. She said they were just focused on her voice and this beautiful music. And she was like, now it's not like that. Right. And <laughs> she said they're so focused on you Know wanting to know everything about a person and none of it is their business, mm-hmm. and none of it is the point of any of it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but she said, but it's the trap that now we're we've fallen into, you Yes, know? and yeah. she's perpetuating, yeah, she's it. Perfe- perpetuating it, right? Right, because yeah, because <laughs> she now, helped to create, right? It. <laughs> exactly, and now it's like it's a prison of it's her a own prison. building, yeah, <laughs> you know. So now Beware you're not like right, the you're monsters not free. You're right? You're not free to just have people focus just on your voice now right Right. you're not free to live your life and do things like
1: have a baby because in the back of your mind you're worried about what's my body gonna look like can i get back in shape afterwards if i'm not back to pre-baby weight if i can't move the way that like that is a prison and just even the word perfection because i mean you know we're all about um going back to the root of the word Mm -hmm. when we think about that word perfection it really has uh a, a, the the root of it really means to complete mm. so we think of perfection as like you said this standard this ideal mm-hmm. but that is not what god meant when you know if we look mm-hmm. at even the word used in hebrew 12, when it says that, you know, looking unto him who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Other, tra- under, other translations was like the author and finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. It is a completion. Yeah. And so perfect is going to have very different looks for different people. Right. Because gonna, exactly, right, he's, he's completing sit. the work in you. Started, right,
0: exactly. And
1: that's going to be different from the work he's doing in me. But they are both perfect.
0: Right. And the thing about it is that I don't have to worry about Perfection, it's because it's not my job. It's not job, and I'm assured that I will reach that place before the day that Jesus returns. That's you what know, you said, right? because that's the that's what He has promised me. That's mm-hmm. what God has promised me. So yeah, I will be perfect, just not right now. Exactly. You know, and it's enjoying the journey. And one of the things that my therapist told me the last time we met, she's like, you know, I can tell you my, with now that I have forty and fifty year old children, she's like, listen. This time that you have is so precious, like, you know, so don't spend it, you know, arguing and yelling and fussing and, you know, sort of all of those things, because it's that none of that stuff matters. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just enjoy the talks. Just enjoy the quiet time, you know, just enjoy playing games, you know, just enjoy that. Yes, you have to parent, but most of the stuff that you get frustrated about and upset about None of that really matters, right. you know, it's just growing pains. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not your job. And I had this conversation with God where I just had to say, okay, I realize it's not my job to make them perfect. Right. You know, it's just not my right. job to make them be what it is that I have decided that they should be, you know. Um, and the other thing is, we talked a lot about this in terms of just validation and that moving target. Perfection is a moving target it is. too. You know, what I thought was perfect. Every time I sign my kids up for something, I'm like, oh, this is a perfect thing for them. Mm-hmm. And then I read something about it, just like with martial arts, girl. Then I read this book and I was like, oh, no, yeah, no, that's not good. For them. But it was the perfect thing for perfect Dylan thing when I signed time, her up right? for it. It was the perfect thing for her. <laughs> and it was like, oh, maybe it's not the perfect mm-hmm. thing for her. It's always moving. It's always moving. It's always changing. Um, and it's, if you're chasing that, then it's exhausting. It is exhausting. I can never rest.
1: And here's the thing: like you're because God is the one that's doing the perfecting, and it's something that really comes at the end of our time here, right? Because once we're perfect, then like what 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 use are we to God? Mm-hmm. Um, but to be with Him and worship with Him, so we're we're at the end of that point, and it prevents you from ever living a fulfilled or abundant life because you can't be satisfied with yeah. anything less than perfection. Yeah. And there was this quote that I just love and I'll just say it to myself all the time. For me, when I'm holding myself to an impossible standard, when I'm holding other people to an impossible standard, it says, it doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if we could just allow ourselves to be less than perfect, but to still enjoy how
0: wonderful it is. Yeah yeah oh that's it doesn't have
1: to be perfect to
0: be wonderful amen welcome to this episode of the liberated
1: word i'm danielle and i'm sheree join us for a candid conversation on the pitfalls of perfection
0: the next episode of The Liberated Word with Danielle and Cherie, make sure that you subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you for joining us.